0: Back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. It is that time of the morning menu proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA, to proudly bring you what is going on in the fantasy football, World Fantasy Football Friday for Week 14, folks, and your upcoming Sunday and Monday matchups This is extremely important, like I said, in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge. Our league in Central Central Florida, as well as the four leagues in Central and Upstate New York, are all heading into the playoffs this week in Week 14, 14, 15, 16, and our Super Bowl Sunday and Monday, Super Bowl weekend, I should say. Is is going to be week, set, week 17 of the season. So we are in the playoffs. It is not counted any more so than it has right now. This is crunch time, folks. This is reality. You're out of the playoffs, you're out of it. So you got to win to stay in as we move forward here in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, proudly presented by the Wildcats Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. Make sure you head over there inside of the Home Depot Plaza and hang out at the Wildcat Sports Pub to watch your games this weekend, especially to all of those in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge because, folks, we have some work to do. This is a massive, massive week, and like I said, it's the first week of the playoffs for us. With that being said, Hall of FameFantasyFootball.com's host is Mike Sofka, and he is my co-host when it comes to Fantasy Football Friday. So we're jumping right into things immediately. Mike, how you doing today? Awesome. How you doing? I'm doing well. And and Mike, first and foremost, as we always do, coming off of Thursday Night Football, thoughts on Atlanta-New Orleans. New Orleans had some opportunities in this game to try and fight back in it. But without Elvin Kamara, who was checked for concussion protocol and to see you know, what was going on with him. The loss of Alvin Kamara, first time this season they've had to play without him. And, and obviously it showed in the in the points that they scored in their ability to run the ball. And it, it, it affected Mark Ingram as well. You know, he only had 49 yards on 12 carries for the game and the team had 50 in their entirety. So what did you think about the game? And then obviously the implications of going into the playoffs with Alvin Kamara potentially out for a week.
1: Yeah, you know, if you have Alvin Kamara on your team, you're probably thankful he was able to get you into the playoffs, or if you're in maybe a 10-team league in your playoffs start next week, um, you, you know, you're you're fortunate to have had him to, to bring you this far, but it kind of hurts when you're in the first round of the playoffs or trying to get into the playoffs, and, and here he goes and goes out of the game. It's frustrating. It, it happens. But for the team itself, I thought – the ability for Mark Ingram to even stay on the field. He was injured as well going into the game. They were going to limit his touches, definitely limit his snaps, but they were kind of forced to use him a little more Obviously not 100% in that show last night. I thought Drew Brees was doing an okay job of managing the game until that late interception that really cost him the game. Conversely, Matt Ryan struggled with the three interceptions. Every time I turned around, this guy was getting bad luck. Uh, somebody shaking off the coverage, somebody catching it off the back of a uh, uh, of the receiver. It was, uh, it was kind of odd to see that many odd-looking interceptions. But uh, I thought Devontae Freeman played well. I, I I was surprised. I I, I didn't know this. And I'm surprised I didn't know this. Was uh, Kevin Coleman apparently has some sort of um, a hearing problem, and they were displaying that last night during the game when they were audible. Matt Ryan would turn around and look at him so that Kevin Coleman could read his lips. So I thought that was fascinating. That a player that. You know, may have that large of a, a disability is able to to play and hear audibles on the field or see audibles on the field. Anyway, I thought that was fascinating. But I thought Julio Jones had a great game. Uh, I think Mark Ingram did what he could do, and I think it was an exciting game to watch simply because every time I turned around, somebody was getting intercepted.
0: Yeah, you know, th- this game was definitely a good game, and it's a huge game for the NFC South because of the fact that you know New Orleans has been commanding this thing for a while now. And Atlanta's fighting to get into the playoffs. New Orleans has lost two of their last three games, and the way that things, they're nine and four, but they were charging forward at nine and two, or I should say, you know, having nine wins, and then only only getting to the point where they're at right now, where the team is struggling through these these last few games. And the standings, if we look at the playoffs in this moment in time, New Orleans has fallen out of favor here. They're still leading the division but they were once in the top three and now are fourth. Atlanta's eight and five, and Atlanta has that win most recently. So if New Orleans is to lose and Atlanta is to win, there's an opportunity for Atlanta to go from seventh and jump up. So who would have thought that Atlanta, who would look like they had completely had the wheels fall off, would have an opportunity at the playoffs, let alone at winning the division as they move forward. And there's a focus on doing it, and if New Orleans has some issues here and if Alvin Kamara's not good to go, then that could obviously affect them moving forward in this game. Not a lot of good scoring on New Orleans' side in this one, but you know, for Atlanta, they were able to get some work in for you. We're going to jump right into the schedule for this weekend and for Monday night. Indianapolis at Buffalo, Mike, what do you have for this? Wow, this is going to be a fascinating game to watch because of the quarterback play. Everybody's
1: been hinged on pins and needles in Buffalo with the quarterback decisions and with the lack of quarterback productivity by either guy. So it's going to be interesting to see if Tyrod Taylor is going to suit up for this one. If not, it's going to be Nathan Peterman. And uh, we all know what happened last time that they played. However, the Colts have a softer Defense softer defensive secondary, so I think it'll be a little more, little more fire friendly. Uh, You won't have such a hard rush coming off the edge as you did. You know, out West, you know, when when you're going up against Joey Bosa and, and Mark Ingram out West, you know, that's a tough, tough road to hold, especially for your first game. So I think there's going to be a little more on the running side. I think they're going to depend on LaShawn McCoy even more, Buffalo is. But I think that's going to give Indianapolis the opportunity to load the box. So, you know, tread carefully with that. It's going to be interesting to, to see, though. It's going to also be interesting to see what, what goes on with um, – with the receivers, because T.Y. Hilton is normally a top-level receiver, but this year he's been struggling with T.Y. Hilton. He's a bottom-end wide receiver, too, this week. I don't really have anybody on Buffalo that catches the ball that I can feel confident with. And, you know, on a tight end front, the the only shining spot I can find is Jack Doyle, maybe a Charles Clay if he's able to, You know, you maybe get you 50 yards and a touchdown. I got him ranked as the number 16 tight end this week. But definitely Jack Doyle is a, you know, top-level tight end one.
0: Yeah, looking at this matchup, there are a lot of injuries. First and foremost, uh, Indy, Robert Turbin, he's on injury reserve. Dante Moncrief didn't practice on Thursday. He has an ankle injury. He's questionable at wide receiver. On Buffalo's side of things, not that they like Tyrod Taylor. It doesn't look (laughs) – looks like the last two seasons – that the organization has really not given a lot of respect to Tyrod Taylor, their best quarterback in a very long time. He was limited to individual drills and practice on Thursday. He has a knee injury currently. Uh, and then Jordan Matthews is placed on injured reserve. As far as what this, what these matchups look like for fantasy, you know, Buffalo and Indy have... Indy's really not have had any good moments this season. Buffalo's had some. Buffalo at six and six has to win every single game that they play from here on out. Like Mike said, you know, LaShawn McCoy is your best bet, but if they load the box, where is that going to be? At the same time, how good is India at loading the box? So, I still like LaShawn McCoy. I put him as a high-end running back, too. Mike's right about the receivers. Their number one receiver had 22 yards in their loss to the New England Patriots, and that being Zay Jones. Zay is not a bad flex position if you have to grab for somebody because he is trending upward recently, and and Charles Clay is an option for you as well as a uh, secondary tight end. And then as far as Indy goes, T.Y. Hilton, because they're playing Buffalo, I look at him as a wide receiver three. Jack Doyle, potentially, you know, Jack Doyle and Charles Clay, I feel like those are good bets in a game like this. And in all honesty, you know, I'm not really sold on any of the receivers, but like I said, if you have to use a flex for Zay Jones or you need a third guy in TY, but LaShawn McCoy still looks like the best on paper of either side. It just depends on how Indy, how well Indy's defense can play against him and Indy's defense hasn't played well really against anybody this year. Chicago at Cincinnati. Mike, what do you have for this?
1: Ooh, this is another brutal game here. This is uh, not a good situation. There's really one guy that you know you're going to start automatically. That's A.J. Green. He's a top five wide receiver week in and week out. He seems to be, always be able to put up some numbers, but you know, quarterback-wise, I can't really say much about Trubisky. He's the, the, the very bottom-ranked quarterback this week. Andy Dalton's Right number twenty two. So if that tells you anything, I'm not looking for any good quarterback play. Interested in the ground attack here. The ground attack simply because well it looks like Joe Mixon might be out and uh, Giovanni Bernard is like the last man standing. they got a rookie behind him who's never had a touch or a carry. I don't even know if he's had a snap, so should see a lot of Giovanni Bernard in the past. You may have just been playing him as a PPR a wide, uh, running back three or maybe a flex, but he should get a majority of the touches. He's the number 18 running back this week, and edging him out at number 17, I have the other right, the other back on the other side of the ball, Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard's been up and down inconsistent all year. Yeah, initially, it looked like Tariq Cohen was cutting into a lot, but
0: it's just, it's, the Bears are just bad. They don't really have a good quarterback, so you're able to key on the run a little bit. And
1: I think that uh, we're going to see some different things this week. I think Chicago's going to try to open it up a little bit. They're going to have to, to, you know, get some more wins here. But, you know, let's not kid ourselves. I don't
0: think either one of these teams are playoff bound. Uh, tight end position, you know, Cincinnati,
1: you, you got Tyler Croft, who's, uh, you know, a mid-range tight end, too, for you. And then on the other side of the ball, I mean, I, I, I don't know what they, what they can do to throw the ball. I don't know who their receivers are. I, I mean, Inman, I mean, who who else is getting re- receptions there in Chicago? So I, I feel bad for what they got going on air attack-wise while they're trying to, you know, get Mitch Trubisky these valuable playing, uh, playing downs and touches and passes. You know, let's not forget he's still a rookie. So this is all building for next year, and it would be a lot easier if he had a Kevin White and a Cameron Meredith to do it with.
0: Yeah, this, this this game between these two teams, I mean, Chicago and Cincinnati both struggled this year. I look at Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen as flex position guys. I look at them as, as extra players. Do I lean on either one of them if I'm heading into the playoffs this week? No. But, you know, if I have, you know, some of our, I said all, all of our teams were going into the playoffs. We have, uh, some of the leagues are going in and some leagues are finishing up. The regular season. So if you're finishing up your regular season and you're jockeying for position in the playoffs, you know, I maybe more so there. But to put out Tariq Cohen or Jordan Howard as a starter, as a main focus of your offense, would be ill-advised moving forward, especially if it's do or die in the playoffs for you. Injury-wise, Joe Mixon has a concussion, isn't taking part in practice. Uh, this past Thursday, he didn't take part in practice. John Ross, what a sad year for a really high pick, who I thought could be a sleeper. He's been injured all year long and he's on injury reserve. And so we will wait to see what he could bring next year. As far as who I would put out there for both of these teams, uh, (laughs) A.J. Green, Tyler Croft. I think A.J. Green's a low-end wide receiver too. Tyler Croft's done some good things for me, so I still consider him a low-end one. And, you know, Giovanni Bernard, if you need a running back three, maybe that's somebody to look to. I really don't like anybody on Chicago's side unless you're flexing out Howard or Cohen. Next one up is Green Bay at Cleveland. Cleveland is 0-12 and have decided to keep their head coach through this year and next year. Thoughts on that first, Mike, and then Green Bay and Cleveland.
1: Yeah, I think Cleveland is going to have a parade this year. I don't know if you've heard about it, but uh, they tried to do it last year, and I think the Browns slipped up. No, no, the guy was trying to throw a parade in town because the Browns were so bad and he couldn't raise enough funds. Well, now Excedrin has stepped in. I think this is a great endorsement. I think this is going to get a lot of mileage. They had to pay like $7,000 more to reach the goal to have a parade in Cleveland for a perfect defeated season. Now, they're only going to have the parade if it's a perfect defeated season, Oh, uh, Owen, oh, and 16. You know, it's, it's just hard to imagine that things can get any worse in Cleveland, I don't believe they're going to keep their coach. I think when they get the new upper management, they are going to pull their coach out as well. But on the other side of the ball, Green Bay, this is a very important game for Green Bay. They win here. They get, they get you know who, back next week. They get Aaron Rodgers back next week. They have a chance to get the playoffs, and they got some tough games coming up after this one against the Panthers, Vikings, and Lions, so it won't be easy, but it'll be a lot easier with Aaron Rodgers, because right now I don't have either quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser or Brent Hundley, ranked very high, but I do have Deshaun Kaiser a few notches above Brent Hundley, simply because now he has Josh Gordon. He has a legitimate target. And if you saw Josh Gordon play last week, it's like he never took off a game. He was able to get some targets. He was able to get some yardage. I've been watching video of this guy train while he was trying to get back, and he's just a beast. He's definitely in game shape and game ready. And uh, I have Josh Gordon as a number 20 wide receiver this week against a soft Cleveland secondary. Now, chances are he's already snatched up in leagues you're in. But if not, go ahead and snatch him up. And don't be afraid to look for an Aaron Rodgers either because he'll be coming back next week and remember if you're not two weeks ahead you're a week behind running the ball I think Jamal Williams is going to get the lion's share to touches he's number 15 running back this week and you know I I, I don't know what else to say about Cleveland on the other side of the ball there's nothing really positive I think in the future though you're going to see the ability of Josh Gordon to open things up for Corey Coleman and that should open up the whole offense there in Cleveland so I wish them the best for the future but just right now it's not very good I look for Green Bay to win, and that's going to be good for everybody. It's going to be good football because Aaron Rodgers should be back on the field should they win.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and that, there's a reason why. I, You know, I've, I've had Drew Brees and I've had Aaron Rodgers on the same team, and there's a reason why you never let go of Aaron Rodgers and you just leave him there. As long as he's not on injury reserve and guaranteed to be out for the season, I just stashed him away, forgot he was there, kept it in the back of my mind, and now as he moves back into play – my team's got to win this week and in some of the leagues to stay in the playoffs and in other ones we're wrapping up the regular season, like I was saying, and then I get Aaron Rodgers back. So hopefully I could stay in the playoffs to keep moving forward to utilize Aaron Rodgers. And then, you know, to have that opportunity to have him out there and, and, you know, it's, and and if you do, if you're blessed enough to have him in more than one of your leagues, you then, you know, power to you. I feel very, uh, very positive about him coming back and, and what he can be when he comes back. I think that they owe a, a a huge, huge thank you card, Christmas card to the Detroit Lions for allowing them to remain in the playoff hunt behind Minnesota, who's 10 and two in, in this game for me, fantasy wise, man, Jamal Williams. I, I like him in this game. I want to go through the injury report really quick uh, for green Bay. So we know that Rogers have been practicing in pads recently so that's a good sign for them there's really no other injuries to discuss there as far as Cleveland goes Sammy Coates and Kenny Britt are both questionable to play in the game Coates with an ankle knee injury Kenny Britt with a knee injury Kenny Britt gets injured every single season which is why he's not on my roster it's very very sad and I wish he would be wonderful if he stayed healthy but he's not a fantasy player for you because his health is just not there For Green Bay in this game, Jamal Williams and Devontae Adams, I like them both uh, because they're playing Cleveland. I like Green Bay's defense and special teams because they're playing Cleveland. On Cleveland's side, if you want to take a flyer on Josh Gordon or David Njoku, David Njoku is a low-end, tight end too. Josh Gordon, you can find a place for him on your roster if you have him. He automatically, coming in last week, became their top wide receiver in yardage. That just goes to show you how they truly have next to nothing in the cabinet if they don't have their man josh gordon next game up oakland at kansas city and if kansas city loses this one they could lose the division what do you think about this
1: yeah absolutely the raiders will hold the tiebreaker raiders have already beat them once the good news is they kind of split games with the chargers the chargers beat the raiders and the chiefs beat the chargers but they both have to play the Chargers again. So basically, whoever wins this game and beats the Chargers in the next four weeks is probably going to be the winner winner of the division. However, the Chargers could flip the script, and the Chargers could win both those games. So it's definitely an important game here with both teams being 6-6. Six and six. I look for there to be a little bit of quarterback play in this one, but you know you can't really count on a lot from the one side of the ball. And the one side of the ball I'm talking about is not the side you think. It's Derek Carr. He's been a little more disappointing this year, and that's due to some offensive line woes. He's still worthy of a bottom-end quarterback one. But on the other side of the ball is where your value is going to be this week. Alex Smith is the number two quarterback on my rankings this week. Kareem Hunt, I keep rooting for this guy, and it's hard. I, I keep going up and down here. He hasn't really scored. He hasn't really run for a bunch of yardage in the past month or so. But you know what? There's an opportunity here against Oakland, and I really believe in Kareem Hunt. He's an RB1, of course. And on the other side of the ball, Marshawn Lynch, he's kind of up and down, up and down. I don't know when he's going to show up or how good he's going to be, but... I still have him ranked as an RB2, top-level RB2 this week. Wide receivers, Tyreek Hill is a, is a wide receiver one, even though he's been inconsistent. That whole Kansas City offense has been inconsistent lately, so it's really hard to play these guys. But you've been playing them all year. They've been rewarding you all year, and now they got a decent matchup against Oakland, so I think you got to continue to ride with that hand. You know, and on the other side of the ball here, I I, got to like Michael Crabtree. He's going to be back from the suspension. Hopefully his head's on straight. And I like him a lot more than I like Amari Cooper. It just hasn't been getting it done this year for who knows why. Travis Kelsey's the the best tight end on the field on both teams. He's definitely the number one tight end overall. And I don't need to tell you that if he's on your team. Go ahead and play Travis Kelsey.
0: Yeah, this game, it has huge implications in reality, like we were speaking of. And, And in fantasy... You would like to see more out of Oakland, and it's been tough. You know, Amari Cooper, he didn't practice on Thursday as an ankle injury. Corderell Patterson returned to a limited practice Thursday as a hip injury. He's questionable in the game. Nobody on the other side for Kansas City to be concerned about injury-wise, but you should be concerned that Kansas City started off the season 5-0, and including a win in Foxborough in Week 1 against the Patriots but are now 0-4 in their last four games. So they have been a tale of two halves of the season to the nth degree, and it has absolutely affected them. Now, they played well but still lost against the Jets. Their defense has been a massive problem. And so Kansas City's defense and special teams, not something to hang your hat on. In this matchup, Marshawn Lynch, not a bad play. DeAndre Washington, I, I still wouldn't. Unless you're digging at the bottom of the barrel, you made a mistake, you let somebody go, then he's a he's a running back four to me this week. But as far as receiving goes, they hurt without Michael Crabtree, and it's good to have him back. He screwed me over a couple weeks ago when he got himself suspended at the beginning of the game. Let's hope that he's a little bit smarter this time around and plays nice-nice with the other team and just considers scoring touchdowns as opposed to fighting with other people. That would be a wonderful thing for a grown man to do. So Marshawn Lynch, as well as Michael Crabtree in this game on Oakland side. On Kansas City side, like Mike said, it's hard to go against Kareem Hunt. Tyreek Hill obviously bounced back last year, or last year, last week. Travis Kelsey, they both had a couple touchdowns. I like them both, and I like Kareem Hunt. I'm blessed in certain areas to have Hunt and Hill, so that's awesome. And, you know, the three guys that are supposed to put work in, let's hope that they do it at home. They did a good job against the Jets, but the Jets don't play defense, so hopefully they'll be able to, to do some good things against an Oakland Raiders team that has struggled this season, but we're playing for all the marbles here. You got six and six galore inside of the AFC West, so Kansas City needs it in reality. In fantasy, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, not the guys you want to put on the bench, and Michael Crabtree, hopefully he can give some positive to a team that, they, that he left in the dust just recently. Dallas at the New York Giants. We would think that this would be an easy game, but the Giants have beaten teams they're not supposed to. They got rid of Ben McAdoo, and the Cowboys, well, they had a good week recently, but they're still without Ezekiel Elliott. Thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah, well, the Giants can definitely spoil the Cowboys' season by beating a team that they're not supposed to beat again, but it's a lot easier without Ezekiel Elliott, so I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. Um, as a matter of fact, if you look at dallas is favored by three and a half and supposedly three points is uh home point advantage home field advantage so that's like almost a touchdown is what they're saying here and it's i i i believe the giants are in a position to be a spoiler here i really do without ezekiel elliott they're going to need some good quarterback play from eli manning his play has been deteriorating let's just face it that's why you know he's where he is and that's why he got benched and like or hate the decisions they made it is what it is and well, he's back on the field again, and I still have him as a very bottom, bottom quarterback. On the other side of the ball, that Prescott hasn't been overly impressive, but he hasn't done enough to really shoot himself in the foot. He just hasn't been over-the-top crazy without Ezekiel Elliott, but he's the number 14 quarterback on my ranking this week. Well, you got to go with Alfred Morris if you were able to pick him up late in the season here due to the Zeke suspension. He's the number 16 running back this week. On the other side of the ball, New York's been trying and struggling to run the ball. Gallman can't do it. Paul Perkins can't do it. And Orleans Dark was the only ray of sunshine they've had. He's inconsistent at best. He's probably a flex play for you at best. The receivers are where you're going to catch the value. Receivers and tight ends. Dez Bryant's going to be a receiver to play. I don't have to tell you that. But as Dak Prescott goes, so goes Dez Bryant. But Dez Bryant's an elite receiver. Although this week I have him graded out as a top-level wide receiver, too. Well, on the other side of the ball, they have a receiver, but he's not really a receiver. He's Evan Ingram, the tight end, because the only receiver worth mentioning on Dallas is Sterling Shepard, and I don't think he's a top-level receiver yet. He's just going to get the looks, but the tight end Evan Ingram has really stepped it up. He's becoming an elite tight end, and Dallas has a pretty good tight
0: end, of course, as well, in Jason Witten. Both of those guys are tight end ones this week. Yeah, and this matchup, injury-wise, really quick for Dallas at the Giants. Odell Beckham Jr., obviously, on injury reserve. Still didn't have a walkie boot on his right foot, so some positivity for the future, but not right now. Wayne Gallman, hip injury is questionable. Sterling Shepard's hamstring practice limited on Thursday. He's questionable. Orleans Darkwood mispracticed Thursday due to an illness that has left him questionable for this game. As far as the Cowboys go in the matchup, Bryce Butler was added to the injury report and limited with a foot issue he's questionable in the game this is one to look at that's not offense but it's very important to the Cowboys and has been important throughout the last few weeks Sean Lee their linebacker limited in practice on Wednesday he's questionable for the game with a hamstring injury without Sean Lee go back and look at the games that the Cowboys did not have Sean Lee and tell me that they won a lot of those games I would venture to say if you're going to say that they won a lot of those games you're not paying attention. You're just kind of fudging the data because the truth of the matter is everybody worries about not having Ezekiel Elliott, but without Sean Lee, this is a different Dallas Cowboy football team, just to tell you the truth. On Dallas's side of it in this game, Dak Prescott's a low-end quarterback one because he's playing the Giants. Alfred Morris, low-end running back two. Dez Bryant, still want to put him out there. As far as the Giants go on their end, (sighs) Besides Evan Ingram, I don't have anything that I like. Evan Ingram, I said Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram and David Njoku would be strong rookie tight ends, and you'd be a fool to not take either one of them. And Evan Ingram and David Njoku have both gotten to the end zone numerous times, but nobody's done it as much as Evan Ingram. And Evan Ingram will go up against anybody in the league and show you that he's one of the best, not just a good rookie, but fantasy-wise, getting in the end zone, he's really the guy. If they have one touchdown, typically his. They have a couple he's in there somewhere. So I like Evan Ingram in this game and hopefully you were smart enough to draft him. Detroit at Tampa Bay. What do you have for this?
1: For Detroit's sake, I hope they bounce back after getting throttled by the Ravens last week, and that's the one scary thing here, but I don't think it's as scary because the Buck's secondary is a little soft, so I like Matt Stafford a lot this week. He's the number six quarterback overall on my rankings, and then, you know, I'm looking on the other side, and Jameis Winston is up for... They're going to might be a shootout in this game. He's going to have to throw the ball, and it looks like his shoulder isn't that bad. That joint seems to be on the mend, so... Looks like he's going to be the number 11 quarterback this week on my rankings. You know, on the other side of the ball, on 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 running the ball, well, this is going to be interesting because it looks like Doug Martin may be back, but he may not be playing. And Doug Martin's not on the field. You're like, well, who's going to run the ball? Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber toted the rock last week. He carried the lion's share of the touches, and he looked pretty good doing it. The undrafted free agent out of Auburn, it looks like he may be the starting running back next week. They had all these guys. They had Sims. They had Jacques Rogers. They had Doug Martin. And then an undrafted guy out of Auburn is probably going to be your starting running back next week. Mike Evans, of course, you have to play him week in, week out. He's always a wide receiver one. However, this week I got him downgraded a little bit to a low-end wide receiver one. And somebody's going to be catching the ball for Detroit against that weak secondary of Tampa. And Marvin Jones is right there with Mike Evans this week. So I'm comparing Marvin Jones to Mike Evans, but this week only. They're both low-end wide receiver ones. And, you know, Golden Tate's not going to do a bad job either. So Golden Tate's a mid-range wide receiver two. Looking at the tight ends, I think Cameron Brate on the way back. He's a low end tight end. One we talked about that last week. That you know, OJ Howard seemed to flourish with uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it seems like Jameis Winston and Cameron Brate have that relationship as well. So look for some good things out of Cameron Brait. This should be a good game for some fantasy points on both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, for this one, uh, injury wise, Matty Stafford. He's he was limited in practice this week. So just watch on that. Amir Abdullah never goes a season without getting injured. His neck injuries left him questionable, and obviously he wasn't out for them in this past week. So just watch on that. But hopefully you haven't been leaning on Amir Abdullah for anything other than a, a third or fourth running back in a in any given week. In in Detroit's game, I like Marvin Jones Jr. and I still like Golden Tate. I like them both. Kenny Galladay is a flex guy for me. Marvin Jones, he's high on my list because he's been consistent, and Golden Tate is not far behind him as a wide receiver too, but Matty Stafford's got to be healthy and ready to go for this one. If, if, if Mets, if he's good to go and signs are good, then I feel good about Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. You can always check the injury report by going to wakeupcalldt.com and going to the Fantasy Football tab. And right under the fantasy football tab is, is the injury report. You can click on fantasy football and it'll bring you to the injury report as well. So whether you're clicking on fantasy football or on the drop-down menu for injury report, you will be able to get it provided by 315 Chiropractic and Wellness. On the other side of this matchup, Peyton Barber, I like him in this game. I really do. He's been getting a lot of opportunities in his second season out of Auburn, and he's been killing it out there. Cameron Brait, Peyton Barber, Mike Evans, like them all. It's hard to count out O.J. Howard, but he's not consistent. So unless you unless you have a desperation move to pick up a second tight end and you don't have Cameron Brait or he's not out there, which he shouldn't be, then you know I, I think you kind of have to – Stay away from O.J. Howard. Minnesota and Carolina coming up right after this Fast Break. This is a wake-up call Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. 315- 487 2222 for the Wildcat family friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. We are inside of Fantasy Football Friday. Advice on week 14, proudly presented by Wildcat Sports Pub in. Camillus, New York, 3680 Milton Avenue. It is your home for awesome boneless wings. Their fries, they call them, they call them uh, comma fries. They're like, they're like the crossing between a fry and a chip. They're awesome. I've never seen anything like them, never tasted anything like them. And they are available to you at the Wildcat Sports Pub. They have the chicken Caesar wrap. They have all different types of food. So many drinks, full bar, fully stocked, family friendly, it's it really is the happy marriage of bringing the kids out somewhere, hanging out with your buddies, hanging out with the girls, having some you know having a mixed drink, having some wine, whatever it may be. There's a lot of fun that you can have at the Wildcat Sports Pub because it is so many different things to so many different people. With TVs all around you to watch the games that you love and the teams that you're rooting for and the players in fantasy that you're hoping move you forward in the playoffs or help you finish strong in the regular season as well. With that being said, Mike and I are running the gamut through these last games here that we have on the docket for week 14. Minnesota Carolina, Mike, what do you have for this? Oh, it should be a good game
1: because, um, Carolina really has to win. Carolina has to win because, well, it looks like it could be all New Orleans and Atlanta, especially because Atlanta and New Orleans play each other again. So depending on what happens in that, but you got to take care of your business, at you know, your own business. you got to take care of your own backyard first, and that's why Carolina needs to win this game. It's going to be no easy task against a Viking team. This Viking team is very good, whether it's at home or on the road. They're 10-2, and you can't take them very lightly. Both quarterbacks should be similar. You wouldn't think they would be. You wouldn't think a Case Keenan would be held in the same conversation as a Cam Newton. But they're right there at 15-16. and So mid-range, tight end. Uh, quarterback twos this week. I'm looking at the running attack, though. Latavius Murray's been the more impressive of the two backs out of him and McKinnon lately. I like Latavius Murray a little bit better, but he's still a bottom-end running back two. Jarek McKinnon, more of a flex play, running back three. And on the other side of the ball there, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, if you have a PPR league, I don't need to tell you he's a top guy, but if you're looking at a regular standard scoring league, not so much this week going up against that Minnesota defense. He's a number 31 overall running back this week. Over at the receivers, well, you know that one guy has been able to step up, and that's Devin Funches. Devin Funches coming out of flex play consideration. Now he's a wide receiver, too. Now that Kelvin Benjamin's gone, looks like Greg Olson is going to try to make it back on the field again. He tried to make it on the field before, didn't make it very long, thought he re-injured that foot. He didn't. Now he's been limited in practice. They're saying he's coming back, but I don't think you can count on him yet. Hopefully you're in a position where you can go without him until later on in the playoffs or in the championship, and then you'll really be able to depend on him, but hopefully you have a better option this week. Better options include, who still may be out there, believe it or not, a Hunter Henry, a Ricky Seals-Jones, a Cameron Breit, and a guy that I'm going to talk about later from Houston, a Stefan Anderson, might be somebody you might consider instead of a Greg Olson. Keep Greg Olson, don't drop him, but there's another guy you might consider. On the other side of the ball, Kyle Rudolph is a tight end. He's a bottom-end tight end, one this week, number 12 overall tight end. And and the receiving part, Adam Dielen. How can you argue with what Adam Dielen's been able to get done? Adam Dealen, a wide receiver one, and of course, Stefan Diggs. He's a wide receiver two this week.
0: Yeah, for this side of it, I mean, I, for Minnesota at Carolina, Adam Thielen's done a, a very good job this season. Kyle Rudolph and Adam Thielen, I like them both. Stefan Diggs is a low-end wide receiver too, but Thielen's a one for me. Kyle Rudolph is a one at tight end. Latavius Murray came back with his family on the plane from Atlanta this past weekend, and Latavius, I, I like him. I like him in this matchup. I like the opportunity for him. He's a high-end two for me, and then as far as Carolina goes, Christian McCaffrey, not a bad bet for you because he's involved in rushing and receiving. He's the true flex player, and he's been able to score. And Devin Funches has stepped up in the absence of Calvin Benjamin, not on the team anymore with Buffalo. So I like Funches and McCaffrey moving forward in this game. Next up is San Francisco at Houston, the battle against a team that almost beats nobody, and then a Houston team who, you know, was very dangerous with Deshaun Watson, but things have changed.
1: Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game and actually I like Jimmy Garoppolo a lot more than I like Tom Savage in his game. Now, Tom Savage shouldn't be as brutal as he's been weeks past because he's going up against the San Fran defense but he's doing that at home as well so it's going to be a little bit easier on him and I think him and Stefan Anderson are going to have something cooking here. Look for a lot, of, uh, a lot of Savage to Anderson. Anderson's an just outside the top tight ends, and not many people even know about this guy. So, if you're having a struggle, if you've been holding on holding on to Greg Olson, hoping for the best, if you're in a bad spot, you know, see if he's still out there. That might be the surprise guy of the week. Running the ball is going to be where it's at for both of these teams. With Lamar Miller, the number overall running back this week, and you know, on the other side of the ball, who are they going to count on? Who's going to run the ball? Well. You're going to have to wait to find out. I said Lamar Miller, but Lamar Miller and... And, ready, it's not Matt Breida. I'm just kidding. It's Carlos Hyde. He's still been the guy. There's been some times where Carlos Hyde has gone away and hid, and you thought it would be Matt Breida. But Carlos Hyde just isn't going to relinquish his spot on the field to a Matt Breida. So Carlos Hyde is worthy of an RB2 this week. He's a top-end RB2. DeAndre Hopkins is going to get the looks. He's going to get the targets. He's a number-one wide receiver. You're saying, well, how is that possible if Tom Savage is so bad? Well, the San Francisco – defense is that bad. DeAndre Hopkins is the number three wide receiver this week, and anytime you have an elite wide receiver like that, even if they're on a bad team, and sometimes especially if they're on a bad team, you know you're going to get volume and targets are so going to be playing from behind, and they're going to have to throw the ball. So it's just math at a certain point. And on the tight end position, we talked about Stefan Anderson and not really much to report on the other side of the ball. I I, I don't know if Kittles is back. Garrett Sellick may be a, a quick plug-and-play for you, but he's like the number 26 tight end this week.
0: Yeah, this game, for me, the two the matchup between San Fran and Houston, I mean, you'd like it to be more than it is right now. Jimmy Garoppolo is not bad, but hopefully you're not leaning on Jimmy to win you anything. Outside of Carlos Hyde, I sound like a broken record, but the truth of the matter is where do I lie in fantasy? And the truth of it is I say Carlos Hyde every week and nobody else. And besides Carlos Hyde, who's really getting you the points? Nobody else when it comes to San Francisco. So I would say Carlos Hyde on that side is a high end running back too. On Houston's end, concussion for Braxton Miller, concussion for Alfred Blue, Bruce Ellington, hamstring injury, put him on IR, and concussion for CJ Fedorowicz. So Three concussions on that team. I don't know if they all ran into each other in practice or what happened, but my blessing and my hopes to each of them to get better. DeAndre Hopkins, he's your best bet on Houston. He's been that way all year. Last year, the year before that, Stephen Anderson, Mike brought him up. Yeah, you know what? Listen, this guy at tight end out of a second season out of Cal, kind of built like a wide receiver. But he's playing the tight end position. Not a bad play for you in this one because they're playing San Francisco. Next up is New York Jets at the Denver. Oh my lord! The New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. Jesus Mary and Joseph. It'll probably be thirty-eight to three in favor of the Jets on the road. What do you think about this, Mike?
1: Yeah, this is a game. Uh, you know, two teams heading in the opposite directions. Everybody thought the Jets were going to be really bad this year and they've surprised some people and won some games and everybody thought the broncos were going to be a lot better than their three and nine record the broncos are having trouble running the ball cj anderson hasn't been effective uh, devontae booker stepped up looked like he was going to be the guy now he's fading you know they cannot run the ball and that's probably part because they can't throw the ball either they've been getting a carousel of quarterbacks through there whether it's brock oswauer paxton lynch or now Trevor Simeon again. Now, neither one of these quarterbacks are highly ranked this week, but that's who they got. Joshua Count is a lot better option this week, but... You know, what are you going to do? These are mid-level quarterbacks at best, so hopefully you're not dependent on either one of them. And when you're playing at Denver, it's a little bit different with the altitude and everything. So I look for a little bit of downgrade from Josh McCown. He's almost at the same ranking as Trevor Simeon as a low-end quarterback, too. And running the ball, I told you Denver's been having a hard time running the ball. Well, it looks like New York can't find that balance either between Bilal Powell, between Matt Forte, and and between uh, Elijah, Elijah McGuire, None of these guys are really top-level guys. They kind of cannibalize from each other, and you can't rely on which one's going to be able to get the goal line touch either. So scary situation for running back there. At the receiver position, Robbie Anderson's dinged up, but he's the number one receiver in New York. And if he can play, he's going to be a game-time decision, they say. I think he's going to play, but I think he's going to play and maybe be on some sort of snap count. So be cautious there if that's who you have. And, of course, if you have Demarius Thomas, you got to roll him out there because, well, he's the guy they're going to throw the ball to, but I don't have him highly ranked either. I have him, as a matter of fact, behind Robbie Anderson this week. Looking at the tight ends, there's not really anything to write home about except maybe an Austin Safarian Jenkins. If the refs will let him catch a touchdown pass, he's had a couple taken away this year and a frustrated Austin Safarian Jenkins.
0: Hopefully he can find the end zone for you this week. He's the number 14 overall tight end. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting game in the sense of the fact that you know the Jets are supposed to be the bad team. The Broncos were supposed to be a potential Super Bowl team this year, best defense in the nation, and they have been anything but the best at anything this year when we're speaking on the Denver Broncos. So as far as injuries go, to give you a quick note here on both sides of the coin, for Denver, Paxton Lynch obviously still out. Outside of that, there's nothing for you to be of concern with in fantasy. The New York Jets, injury wise, Robbie Anderson is he was unable to compete complete practice after aggravating his hamstring. So he's questionable for the game. Matt Forte is questionable with a knee injury. But Robbie Anderson's been anything but questionable this season. He has been, and I quote, one of the most consistent wide receivers in fantasy football this season. I did not stutter. I am telling you the truth. You thought Denver had a good defense. That was incorrect. You didn't know who Robbie Anderson was, and you do now. Jermaine Curse, not a bad person to put out. Robbie Anderson, I like his consistency. If he's healthy enough to go, put him out there as well for the Jets, because the Jets are playing a terrible Denver team. As far and consider the Jets special teams and, and defense as well, because of the fact that they're playing Denver. On Denver's side of it. Demarius Thomas, it's hard to go against him. He's a low-end two for me. Emmanuel Sanders is a low-end two for me as well, and I don't like any quarterback on that team. Next up is Tennessee at Arizona. What do you have for this one, Mike? Well, I think the
1: quarterback play is going to be paramount in this game, and both of these quarterbacks are – capable of doing something positive for their team but they're both mid-range to low-end quarterbacks too that's Mariota at 17 and that's Blaine Gabbert at 21 I'm going to give the slight advantage in this game to Tennessee of course but the game is in Arizona and we saw Arizona tough it out against a good Jags defense so Arizona's capable winning this game and if you're a Jags fan you hope lake uh, leg up on Tennessee. The the, the bottom line, though, is going to be not only how well the quarterbacks play, but how well they run the ball. And DeMarco Murray and Derek Henry are kind of splitting times, splitting carries, splitting goal line touches. So that's kind of hard. You're in a running back two, running back three, or flex position for either one of those guys this week. And on the other side of the ball, it looks like Kerwin Williams is going to get the lion's share of the touches there. But he's no better in a bottom end, running back three, or a flex play this week. Larry Fitzgerald he's always been an elite receiver he'll always be an elite receiver he's going to be a hall of fame receiver he's still a wide receiver one this week I don't think you have to worry about him at all and it looks like Blaine Gabbard likes to throw to him well I'd like to throw to him as well if he was on my team the guy's great and tight end Delaney Walker is a guy that you can count on but you got to make sure he's healthy and on the field this week and Ricky Seals-Jones he may be available on the waiver wire again another one of those situations if you were counting on Greg Olson you know and you don't want to take the gamble this week you want to wait for the playoff second round or championship week you know go ahead and take take a take a chance to roll the dice on a Ricky Seals Jones number 10 tight end this week on my rankings
0: yeah and for me in this game as far as injuries go Delaney Walker supposed to practice today just watch on that for Tennessee on the other side JJ Nelson Jerron Brown John Brown and Adrian Peterson all on the injury report, all questionable for this week. You can check it out on wakeupcalldt.com. Click on Fantasy Football, and in the drop-down menu, the injury report is there. As far as who I would go with in this one, Derrick Henry seems like the best bet. DeMarco, flex guy, Derrick Henry, low end two. Delaney Walker, I like him in this matchup if he is healthy and ready to go. And Larry Fitzgerald, Ricky Seals-Jones. Ricky Seals-Jones has stepped up in a big way and has been huge for the team at times. So look to him and Larry Fitzgerald. Like I said, it's a hard guy to keep off. We're going to take our final fast break, and we're going to run through these last few very quickly when we come back.
1: This is a wake-up call fast break.
0: The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue. In the Home Depot Plaza, it is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. P.M. and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. If you haven't become a member, make sure you do so today. We are proudly inside of Fantasy Football Friday, presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, your home for everything throughout the week when it comes to sports, or just hanging out with a family, friends, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it may be, mom and dad, family-friendly sports bar, and your home of Fantasy Football every single weekend. The food is awesome. The prices are great, the drinks are on point, and there's TVs all around you. They proudly bring you Fantasy Football Friday. Thank you to Danny and Heather Tome. I'm here with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com, and we're jumping into the next one. Washington at the L.A. Chargers. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, I like the quarterback playing this, but I'm going to like the quarterback play on the L.A. side of the ball. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be able to get off much, especially with that pressure that they have. I think Philip Rivers is a number five quarterback this week, and I think that the Kirk Cousins is a number thirteen quarterback running the ball. You got two top you got two top ten running backs, Samaje Perrine, the number ten running back, and Melvin Gordon, the number five running back this week. Going over to receiver Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's been blowing it up lately. He's the number two overall receiver this week, and Washington, well, not so much. I mean, I'd like to depend on a Jamison Crowder, but I don't know if I can. That just goes to show you the importance of a Jordan Reed, and he's absent, he's going to be absent due to injury, and 109-year-old Vernon Davis is going to be the guy, so he's yeah. a mid-level tight end, too, this week. So look for Hunter Henry to outshine him as the number five tight end this week.
0: Yeah, this matchup between the two, I don't trust in Kirk Cousins. He has his moments here and there, but not that great. If you're going to go with anybody in a flex, Ryan Grant is the guy out of Washington to consider, or Jamison Crowder. Samaje Perine should be your running back three, He's not a one or two to me because of inconsistency. On the other side, I like Melvin Gordon, and Austin Eckler is not a bad guy to put out there in a flex spot as well. Hunter Henry, if he's out there, take him. I've I've kept him. Listen, I believe that this guy could do some good things. I'm going to keep him around. Keenan Allen has shown that he is the guy, finally, as it's taken a very long time to figure out who is the man in L.A. for the Chargers side of things. Next up is Philadelphia at Los Angeles. High-scoring game, big game, huge implication game. What do you think about this one?
1: Yeah, it should be a high-scoring game. It should be a fun game to watch. Some quality fantasy play all the way around from a Carson Wentz being a number three quarterback this week to a Philip Rivers being a number five. Um, just, I'm sorry, Philip Rivers. <laughs> I'm in the wrong part of LA. Jared Goff, n- n- number nine. You know, and and it's funny because those teams, if they combined together they may be able to fill up half one of those stadiums there so you know people don't show up to those games it's a shame uh look at the running attack though I'm, I'm not sure that I can really depend on one guy I'm not sure if Ajay is the guy Blunt's the guy Corey Clements the guy I don't know who the guy is I know who the guy is for the Rams it's Todd Gurley you need to start him I don't need to tell you that number three running back this week and when you're looking at guys that are catching the ball, Alshon Jeffrey is the primary target for Philadelphia. He's a wide receiver two this week, mid-level wide receiver two. And you know what? Tight end-wise, Zach Ertz. As long as Zach Ertz is on the field, he's an elite tight end. That's the one tight end who's going to really shine this week.
0: And he was cleared to, pr- to practice. He remains in the concussion protocol, so make sure you watch on Zach Ertz and the injury report on wakeupcalldt.com under the Fantasy Football tab. Robert Woods is doubtful for this game. Sad because he was trending up for the LA Rams, but not right now. This is a great matchup between number one and number two. The draft picks just a couple of years ago, Jared Goff going up against Carson Wentz. I like either one of these guys as a low-end quarterback. One, Carson Wentz more than Jared Goff, but I, and you know what? I shouldn't say that. I like them both pretty much the same because I know they're going to score points. So look to both of the quarterbacks in this game. Uh, Jay Ajayi, not a bad option. Corey Clement, if you have to dig deep because he does have his moments. Nelson Aguilar and Elshon Jeffrey, I like them on the side of Philadelphia. For the Rams, I like Todd Gurley, the second. Strong player for the team, Cooper Cup and Sammy Watkins. Yes, Mr. Sammy Watkins, because he's been able to do some good things lately. And like Mike said, and like I told him off the air, who the hell is going to go to these games? L.A. in their first year of having these two teams back, or having these two teams there, I should say, first year of the of L.A. having the Chargers and the Rams. They both might make the playoffs. And the question is, who in the Sam hell is going to go to the games? Hopefully some St. Louis people and San Diego people will take the trip. Seattle at Jacksonville, Mike. Thoughts on this one?
1: Well, it should be a pretty good game. Two really good teams. Two pretty good defenses. Jacksonville definitely grown to be the premier defense in the league. I'll be at the game, so if if you're going to the game, look me up. Um, you know, I'm looking at the quarterback play here and I'm concerned for Blake Bortles this week. Blake Bortles has been playing well. He's actually been helping win games, not just been a game manager, but this week I got him as the number twenty-seven quarterback this week. Russell Wilson's where the value is. Even against the stellar Jacksonville defense, he's able to scramble and make things happen on his own two feet. I got him as the number eight quarterback this week. The running attack from both sides of the ball should be efficient, even though Seattle seems to be playing rush. And roulette. You don't know who's going to be up, who's going to be hot, and who's going to be healthy. But it looks like Mike Davis is the one they're calling on as of late. He's the number 25 overall running back this week. Again, up against that tough Jacksonville defense. Leonard Fournette should lead the rushing attack for Jacksonville, number six running back this week. I don't know that I can count on any of the Jacksonville receivers. If it comes to Seattle receivers, we're looking at a Doug Baldwin as being a bottom end a wide receiver, too. And Tight end-wise, it looks like Jimmy Graham is the one guy you can count on on either side of the ball. He's the number four tight end this week.
0: Yeah, Jimmy Graham, uh, watch on him. He has his ankle injuries, left him questionable. There's injuries to Seattle secondary and to the Jaguars wide receivers, so it's uh, hurting on both sides. And if you heard my conversation earlier in the week with Nate Hackett, the offensive coordinator, you know, he's he's got to get these other guys ready. And Alan Hearns is doubtful to play in the game. Marquise Lee is questionable. So make sure you look into that. For who I would put out there for this matchup, uh, Russell Wilson's not a bad play in this, although I think he might be quieter than in past games. Doug Baldwin is obviously always an option for you, and Jimmy Graham if he's healthy to go. As far as, But I see you know Seattle's coming in here with no rushing attack and with injuries to their secondary. So Jacksonville, with a good defense and special teams, could do some good things here. I look to their defense and special teams. I look to Leonard Fournette. I look to Keelan Cole as a flex guy for you and potentially D.D. Westbrook. And that's what I got in this game. Next one up. Uh, Sunday night football, Baltimore-Pittsburgh. at Thoughts on this?
1: It's a real important game for the Ravens. The Ravens need to win here to have any playoff hopes. And if they win here, they'll split the series with Pittsburgh. And then they come against the Browns the Colts and then the Bengals, so it's definitely doable for them to make the playoffs. They have to win this week. And when you're in a must-win situation and all the chips are on the table, you turn to your quarterback and you look at him and you're like, oh crap, it's Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's not been having a good year. He's the number 31 quarterback this week up against a much-improved Pittsburgh defense. On the other side of the ball, you know Ben Roethlisberger, even though Baltimore's been getting it done defensively. Ben Roethlisberger is still worthy of a quarterback one. He's a number... Ten overall quarterback this week. Running the ball is where it's at for Pittsburgh, and they can run the ball. They got the best running back in the game at Le'Veon Bell. He's the number one running back. They also have the number one receiver in Antonio Brown. I don't have to tell you about Bell and Brown, the killer bees, when you combine them with Ben. They're number ones all the way across the board. Baltimore doesn't have that luxury. They don't have guys that they can count on like that. They have a Mike Wallace, who leading the team and receiving, and I can't count on that guy. I can't roll that guy out there fantasy-wise. They have an Alex Collins who's downgraded this week because he's up against a tough Pittsburgh defense who's, running, uh, who's able to stop people from rushing the ball. He's the number 20 overall running back this week. And, you know, looking at the tight ends, I don't know that I can count on one for either team, so I'm not going to even look at tight ends for this for this game.
0: I love the fact that Le'Veon Bell has been the leading rusher, which is normal, and the leading receiver in recent weeks here. Le'Veon Bell in the matchup. Antonio Brown's questionable with a toe injury. Watch it. But if he's good to go, which he probably will be, put him out there. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be out due to injury. So Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell are worth considering in this game. I think it's going to be a tight matchup, so Pittsburgh's defense and special teams is another thing to look at. And Alex Collins, yeah, he's he's a running back too, but he's still an opportunity for you to get some things done. Jeremy Macklin is on the injury report. Mike Wallace is a very, very deep dig for you. New England at Miami, Monday Night Football. Thoughts on this one, Mike?
1: Well, we all know Tom Brady's going to have an excellent game. He usually does. He struggled last week. I think he's been dealing with an ankle injury, but he's still the number one overall quarterback, even though it's at Miami, it's on the road. You know, New England's just too good. Even without Gronk, they should roll over the Dolphins. Sure, I know the Dolphins and the Patriots and the Dolphins and the Jets and the Patriots and the Jets, they all normally play real close games. I look for New England to, to really roll up on them. I look for the Dolphins to try to slow New England down and keep Tom Brady on the sideline by him imploring Kenyon Drake very physically talented, and now that that backfield is pretty much solely his. Now that JHIA has departed, Damian Williams was injured, and you know mediocre at best. Look for Kenyon Drake if you're playing daily DFS. Go ahead and invest in some Kenyon Drake. A lot of value there. He's the number 12 overall running back this week. Looks like it might be a little bit of a timeshare on New England side of the ball between Rex Burkhead, Deion Lewis, but I would give the edge to Rex Burkhead as a bottom end right uh, running back too. He's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. So if you're PPR league that's a plus and looking at receiver wise well you know I'd like to depend on a Jarvis Landry but he's just a bottom end wide receiver two maybe a top end wide receiver three I'd like to Depend on it, Devontae Parker, but he's even downgraded more than that. New England's defense has been playing a, a lot better as of well. Look for Brandon Cooks to light it up. He's an elite wide receiver one. And, of course, no Gronk. That's right, no Gronk this week. I don't think you can count on their backup. I don't think you can count on Dwayne Gall- Allen to really do much. But you never know. We've seen sneakier things. We've seen guys score four touchdowns, then you never see or hear of them again from New England. So this should be a fun game, especially if you have some New England players.
0: Yeah, and New England's doing what they do best, which is at the end of the season, have the biggest injury report of any team. They have 15 players on their injury report. How many of them are real? Well, we ask that question every single year. Chris Hogan shoulder injury is questionable at wide receiver. Tom Brady's questionable for nothing. There's All it says is questionable. So obviously it's a blatant lie. Rob Gronkowski is a tight end. He is out with a suspension, suspension like Mike said. Matt Slater is questionable as well. So, as we look at this game, New England at Miami, for me, Tom Brady, Deion Lewis, Rex Burkhead, those are the ones I feel good about. Brandon Cooks, because there's no Rob Gronkowski. On the other side of it, for Miami, they're going to be without, most likely, Damian Williams, potentially, in this game. They don't have any Matt Moore. Kenny still seems to be the only guy that gets, the, gets work done in getting in the end zone, no matter who the quarterback is in Miami. Jarvis Landry, he's a backup for you, and Kenyon Drake, it depends. New England, as good as they are, they struggle on defense. So Kenyon Drake is a high-end running back three. That is Fantasy Football Friday. Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com with Mike Sofka. Dan Tatora right here of WakeUpCallDT.com. Mike, as always, I appreciate it, and I will see you in Jacksonville. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Talk later. All right, take care. That coming from Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com once again. Wake up call with Dan Tatora is live Monday through Friday from nine a.m. to eleven a.m. Eastern Time right here on mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. Your homework over the weekend is to tell your friends and get one new member, at least, bare minimum, onto mixlr.com backslash wake up call dt. Because there's nothing better than going to the people who you appreciate, respect, and thank for being a part of the show and asking them to build up this brand together. So I appreciate you. I thank you. You can find me on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. Shout out to Money Waters. Had a great time with game show night as always. We look forward to sh- you showing up this Thursday night coming up on December 14th at 7 p.m. God bless. Have a great weekend. And come out and see me at Leeson Staggerwald Saturday, December 9th at noon before the 2 o'clock Syracuse game against Colgate. We're going to be previewing Dale Shackleford and myself previewing the 7-in-1 Syracuse Orange. God bless. I'll talk with you then. Be good to one another, and remember, when you ask yourself the question, are you doing enough, reach deep down into your heart and ask if you're asking that question for somebody else, if you're asking for a friend, or if you're asking for you, because you should know what you have done, and you should always be proud of your hard work. Have a great day. God bless you. And thank God for every single day teaching me something new.